Well, after a week off, the Miami Sports Pod is back, and uh, Will Manso joined by Clay Ferrero. No Dookie this week. He gets the week end off after a crazy week in South Florida sports. As an executive producer, Dookie deserves it, uh, having to juggle all the things that went on last week with the uh, Mark Rick stepping down, Manny Diaz, hired Adam Gase, let go, Mike Tannenbaum gong, all the things, and we're going to concentrate, Clay, on the Dolphins' head coaching search, but... I want to go back to the pod last week. For those wondering why we didn't tape one, well, we started one talking about the candidates for the Canes job, including Manny Diaz, and then uh, right in the middle of the pod, the Canes uh, hired Manny Diaz. 40 minutes in, we were about to uh, shut the thing off, send it in to be uh, put up to the web and uh, let you people hear us, and then um, you good people hear us, and then not so much. It didn't happen. So that was the pod that never made it to air. But uh, we were very much behind Manny Diaz. How about that? If you don't believe us, well, then too bad. It's That that pod has been uh, burned. Now we tape this one, and I'm sure the, the Dolphins will hire their head coach while we tape. No, actually, no. The, the reason we're going to concentrate on the Dolphins is, number one, is we haven't had a chance to really delve into that topic because we've been so busy, uh, like everyone else in South Florida, kind of chasing all these stories. But number two is... Clay, it seems like the Dolphins are really going to take their time with a really extensive list of candidates, which, by the way, many of them we know of already. The Dolphins have told us when they interviewed a couple of them, including Eric Bieniemy, uh, Dennis Allen is a recent one. Uh, their own coach and Darren Rizzi is someone they're looking at. So we're going to go through the candidates and maybe give our handicapped version of, you know, the handicap for who may get this job, who are the favorites in this job. So, Clay, I'll, I'll start with that question, uh, if you had to say a favorite for the Dolphins head coaching job, it would be who? Ooh, man. Well, I know the the betting favorite heading into the weekend. I, see, was, I haven't seen that. Who was it? Darren Rizzi. Okay. Darren well, be- Rizzi. Is it because of all the all the love that former players and current players have given them? Do you recall ever seeing that before for an NFL coach? I know you see it a lot in college mm-hmm. when a coach will move on to, to a bigger and better job. Remember back when Butch Davis left to go to the NFL, and then it was immediate. You saw guys asking for Larry Coker. But yeah. I don't remember it in the NFL I've like seen this. It, see, I've, I've only seen in the NFL when a coach is maybe an older coach that's retiring, and then they want the offensive coordinator or the defensive coordinator to stay because they feel it's a <laughs> – it's a good opportunity to keep the continuity of it. But in this case, you would think they don't want any continuity because, right. if anything, you want to distance yourself from what the Dolphins have been. What's interesting to me, Clay, is that, you know, let's start with Rizzi because you brought him up, and you're right. He's got a lot of love in the in the first week of this search. The Dolphins, Stephen Ross sits down, and you were there. Stephen Ross sits down and gives this whole spiel how they're going to do things differently. They're going to do things differently. They're going to approach things differently that maybe they weren't doing things the right way. And what they've been doing in the last decade or so, at least under Ross, but even before then, has not worked. And we agree with that. So what's the end result? Well, they hire their general manager who's been with the organization for 20 years. And I have nothing against Chris Greer. I respect the man. I think he's a solid football man. But he has been part of of what has been what Stephen Ross doesn't like, and that's the way this organization has been run. I'm not saying Greer has been the driving force behind it, but he's been there. So, okay, so you promote him, and now he heads all your football operations. And then the guy who may be the top candidate for the job is a guy who's been there for the last decade as an assistant coach for you? How is that different? Is it? <laughs> I mean, okay, so, so let's play devil's advocate on this thing. If you're going to look at this from – from Stephen Ross's perspective. And I, I, I don't think he ever actually used the word rebuild, but every single word that he said is pointing towards a rebuild to mm-hmm. the point where I actually asked him to clarify what he was saying because I wanted to make sure that I was getting right. 
what I was hearing from him. For somebody who has been very much a, I want to see my team in the playoffs every single year type of owner, it certainly sounded to me like he was saying, if we have to take a few steps back to take big steps forward, we're going to do that. And I asked him, I said, are you willing to go through growing pains in order to, to do this? He said yes. He said absolutely. And, and that's and, where I think a lot of people took the rebuild as this is happening. And, and I think that's where he's going with this thing. And he even said, look, I don't want to go 3-13, and 13, but if we have to do that, then oh well, so be it. So to go back to your question, I think what he's been saying as far as what's going to be different is the philosophical approach. And I felt like he felt as if Adam Gase thought that, hey, let's just keep sticking duct, duct tape on this thing. Mm-hmm. I think we're close, blah, blah, blah. Now, what we don't know as far as what goes on behind closed doors, is this something where Chris Greer, for instance, has been advocating a rebuild for a while that they didn't want to just keep Mm -hmm. signing free agents and and doing that sort of a thing? Um, And I think it's two different situations with with Rizzi and Chris Greer in that respect in that Chris Greer will never know what he's been advocating for behind closed doors. Maybe mm-hmm. Mike Tannenbaum and Adam Gase have both been saying, hey, uh, let's restructure Ryan Well, that would be contract. That would let's... be convenient, by the way, though, if Chris Greer is the only one in the brain trust that was telling them the opposite, and then now all this time later he can say, I told you so. It, well, exactly. And and that's where, again, we, we don't know. And, and so, okay, so playing devil's advocate, that's where you could say, all right, if this is what Stephen Ross means, then okay, I get it. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is – Dolphins fans are looking at this thing saying, we've been through this before, where we know that something needs to be fixed, and the people that you are entrusting to fix it, if Darren Rizzi is hired, multiple people that were already a part of the problem before. Whether or not they contributed to the problem, we don't know, but they were part of the organization that had a lot of problems. We know this isn't a problem. Our sponsor today, Vera Motors. When you spend your hard-earned money on a car, go to a place with a reputation. And I promise you there's no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors. Vera Cadillac Buick GMC Pembroke Pines. The Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years. For the best deal in South Florida, the best service, Vera Cadillac Buick GMC. Vera Cadillac Buick GMC, 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium, Pembroke Pines. So as we turn our attention, though, to the coaching search, as you mentioned, it is different in the Greer situation and what went on there again. It's still a little odd to me that he ends up being the last man standing and that's the way you're changing things. But maybe philosophically he was the one that was preaching this. Maybe he was the one that showed enough understanding of the way to build the team and maybe you could say did some of the good because it's not like the Dolphins don't have good. I mean, let's face it, they've had some good players over the last few years. They've drafted some guys. Obviously, getting Minka Fitzpatrick was nice. Obviously, getting Mike Gusecki was not so nice, at least not in year one. Mm-hmm. And you look at their previous drafts and the moves they've made. I think philosophically what needs to change with the Dolphins is clearly you got to stop with trying to patchwork and make this a, a 9-17 and 17 that sneaks into the playoffs. you got to build the right way through the draft, get young, and build with a quarterback. Now, when the question of the head coaching is, okay, so who's the head coach that would come into a rebuild? We've heard so much of the Harbaugh brothers and whether John would even be available, what you would have to give up, if Jim would leave Michigan, if Ross would even pursue somebody at his alma mater or school that he's so close to. All those things are up in the air, but as to the guys mentioned now, Rizzi is a guy that's interesting because of the support. When you look at everyone else, and this is the problem with firing a coach, everyone can easily scream, fire him, he sucks, mm-hmm. he's terrible, he's got his time, he's terrible. I get it. But what do you run into? Tony Sperano. Oh, he, he he ran its course, he wasn't good enough, blah, 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 blah. Okay, okay, fine, let him go. Joe Philbin. Oh, he ran its course. Adam Gates. 
this is a never-ending cycle. And to mm-hmm. the point that I'm trying to make, Clay, is that sometimes we're so animated and want to fire a coach so much that we don't look out there and say, okay, well, who's going to replace him that's better? Here, here's the irony of this thing. And and Stephen Ross made it very clear that there was a, a philosophical difference between him and Adam Gase. Well, the fact forward. that the reports that he told Adam Gase, Adam Gase told Stephen Ross to shut up and yeah. get out of his way. Yeah, yeah. And also as far as moving forward, what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. If if you were looking for a head coach that you you wanted to start a rebuild with, you would be looking for a young, innovative Offensive mind, mm-hmm. basically Adam Gase's resume heading into the this. Resume, head co- the ML, yeah. I mean, he would be the best head coaching candidate for this job, assuming he were willing to go through the rebuild, and and he would be the one who you would be entrusting with picking that quarterback. But mm-hmm. no, that's all watered under the bridge. That clearly. Yeah, not by the way, happen. we both. I think we both agree that. Getting rid of Adam Gase and moving on from Gase wasn't a bad move. I'm not saying the Dolphins at all. I'm not saying the Dolphins should have kept Adam Gase. What I'm saying is that when you make these changes, you put yourself in this box where now it's like, okay, now what? Right. Now what? And it's and look, any coaching change is a now what element because sometimes you hire someone and they end up being much better and the decision looks great. And sometimes you hire someone and you say, holy cow, we really screwed this up, as, as has been the case with a lot of these Dolphin searches. Well, and as we're recording this, the Indianapolis Colts are, are blowing out the Houston Texans with Frank Reich as their head coach after Josh McDaniels committed to taking the job and, and they and ended up having to. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, sometimes these things, it's a it's a happy well, accident. Doug, Doug Peterson's a perfect example, yeah. too. When, when all yeah. the hirings happened a few years ago, he was the one that everybody kind of raised their eyebrows and go, eh, Peterson, I mean, he's, are you kidding me? He, he won a Super Bowl two years yeah. later. I oh. mean, it's these things, there's no formula that we could sit here and talk about. Now, let's go to to the next one. Clay, you are you are – Stephen Ross, are you in Stephen Ross's ear, and you are in Chris Greer's ear? Who are you telling them? This is who I think you should look at. Uh, and and uh, just because I'm not going to throw out a name immediately, I, I, it may sound like I'm hedging a little bit, but because of everything that you've said, I feel like the interviews are vitally important. I, I want to know, okay, I know what's gone wrong in, in my locker room. I know what our problems were, or at least what I believe needs to be fixed. So I want to hear from these head coaching candidates. How are you going to fix what's been going wrong in our locker room? And how do you feel about a rebuild? How are you going to go about that rebuild? I, I like all of the names on the list. I, you know, you, you talk to a Brian Flores and, and you know that he's got that, uh, that, that resume where he's, he's mm-hmm. been with Bill Belichick. We know that Stephen Ross loves Bill Belichick. We know that he's, he, he respects that organization. He felt like he had hired his Bill Belichick and Adam Gase. So, I think it's going to come down for me to the interviews because I feel like they all have, they have good resumes. Certain things. I yeah. will. I will say this though. I like Fangio. I like Vic Fangio. It's a the great reason one. I, the reason I do is because of all these guys, none of them particularly have experience. I mean, Dennis Allen does, but not exactly good experience as far as guys that have been on the list and actually been interviewed or going to be interviewed. Now, there may be other coaches that come up in the next few days, the next week or so, that have head coaching experience. But from what I've seen so far and read and been told, and we've been told from the Dolphins who they're meeting with, Fangio is a guy that, that interests me as a potential candidate because he's the one guy that, though he has not been a head coach, he has been at a high level as defensive coordinator. I think, and, and look, age shouldn't matter, but as a guy that's a little bit older, I think I would entrust a little bit more of a grasp of understanding of the patience it takes for a rebuild the patience it takes and the understanding what it takes to build a good team and to, and to build an overall good team. I think if you get a guy like him with a young coordinator, I like that combination for a team, again, that is likely going to be real, rebuilding for the next year or two. Make sure Chris Greer can identify who that quarterback of the future is, whether it's in this draft or the following draft. 
and and it looks more and more right, Clay. Like it'll be the following draft. There, this isn't a very deep quarterback draft, and the Dolphins would have to really, unless they love Dwayne Haskins and they're willing to give up a, a next year's first and you know some sort of package to jump up in the top five or six or get them. Get ahead of your Giants. Yeah, you get yeah. Jags, Giants, all these teams that potentially could be looking at them. Uh, I think it's probably the following year where you get into that next class, the two and the Fromms, and eventually the kid from from uh, Clemson in a couple of years. In Oregon, yeah. Uh, yeah, though, and Herbert obviously next year now that he came, that he went back. Um, I, I, I like him. Uh, but Eric Bieniemy certainly is is an interesting candidate. Uh, he falls to me though scarily into the Philbin range. Is it a case where he is just a good offensive mind, but he's in a system with Andy Reid kind mm-hmm. of doing things, and then a great quarterback Patrick Mahomes, similar to Philbin, mm-hmm. who was in a system with Mike McCarthy and with a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, that worries me a bit. And you can't compare both because both, like you said in the interview process, you learn more. Those situations scare me. I guess what I'm trying to say, Clay, is there's no slam dunk answer. No, and I think that's kind of what when I said I don't want, I don't mean to sound like I'm hedging, but mm-hmm. I think that all of the candidates have significant positives and also some negatives, and that and that's why there is no clear cut number one candidate. And so I, I let's go through the list really quickly. So started off with Brian Flores, uh, then you talked to Eric Bieniemy, then uh, Dennis Allen, the Saints defensive coordinator. Dan Campbell does not want to talk to the Dolphins, which you can only surmise is because he felt like he should have gotten the job three years ago and did not. Uh, then Chris Richard, the defensive backs coach for the Cowboys, then Darren Rizzi is going to be, then Vic Fangio. So you could go through each and every one of these candidates and pick out a positive, pick out a negative. No one is, I'll tell you what, you just said a lot of names. There isn't one Dolphin fan listening now going, ooh, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, and there's not. And and so I, that's where I, I fall back on. You need to know what is the philosophy moving forward and how are these guys going to handle a potential rebuild. So going back to your point, Adam Gase, when he came in here, Yes, it sounds great when you get an offensive mind and a guy who's an, an X's and O's whiz. And, and again, these were Adam Gase's. That was his mm-hmm. reputation heading into here. This is not, not talking about what he did once he got here. The question is, how are these guys going to be leading a room? How are these guys going to be when they are entrusted with the entire locker room, not mm-hmm. just the X's and O's side of things? What I like about Vic Fangio, going back to the things that you've said, look, we know he's a great defensive mind. You mentioned the patience. I think what we kind of dealt with a little bit here was, look, Adam Gase, very confident guy. Sometimes I think— Smartest guy in the room. Smartest guy in the room. and And that's good and bad. Vic Fangio has been in a situation in Chicago right now where, hey, everybody's— hey. Coach Nagy, a genius. He's he's found a way to to make that offense go when nobody else could. Mitchell Trubisky, uh, young nice quarterback, step, yeah. really, really, really It's the defense that's winning games for that team. Vic Fangio has been the architect of of the biggest reason why that team is winning. He's not complaining. He he has dealt with a situation where he is not being perceived as the smartest guy in the room. And so I I kind of feel like all right, you always talk about you're going to hire somebody that's kind of the opposite of who you've had mm-hmm. if it didn't work. Vic Fangio I think would be the opposite in that respect. Defense versus offense. Guy who doesn't appear to have that 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 confidence, dare I say ego mm-hmm. uh, versus Adam Gase who many times was so Well, his ego and his belief that he was the smartest guy in the room is a big reason why he's no longer the head coach and look a lot of times you can learn from that and he's young enough to learn from it and hopefully he does because it sounds like at some point he may get another opportunity as a head coach Mm -hmm. may even be this offseason for all the interest he's getting and again for the lack of so-called impressive candidates out there uh, I guess what you look at 
this list we just threw out there, there isn't the sexy name. So when it comes down to it, you mentioned the interview, you wonder what the what's the one thing that's going to click and look and make Stephen Ross and Chris Greer after the interview say, that's my guy. Quarterback. Yeah. And, and how are you going to deal with the quarterback situation moving so forward? So does that I, mean that an offensive guy has an advantage? Uh, look, I intentionally, w- when I asked Stephen Ross the question after his, his statement the other day, I intentionally mentioned quarterback because I, I think, look, Stephen Ross is tired of mediocrity. And, and for a lot of the good things that we saw Ryan Tannehill do, mm-hmm. it was always offset by the not-so-great things, and, and ultimately you came back to mediocrity. I think that whoever is going to sit down in that room with Stephen Ross, it does not need to be, I don't think, an offensive coordinator, but I think it's got to be somebody who, and again, we're using Fangio here because I think he, he, he checks a lot of the boxes as far as leadership and things like that. I want to hear Vic Fangio say, I'm going to hire that that young offensive coordinator, but say, hey, I was really fortunate. I work with I work with Nagy, and and this is what he did with Mitchell Trubisky that worked. Yeah. This is what this is what I've seen with a quarterback that hey, people laughed at the Chicago Bears for drafting oh, trading for, up, trading to up. Draft him. So yeah. I I think hey, look. Trubisky, man, he's got his flaws. This is what I've seen that works. This is how I'm going to groom him. This is this is how this process mm-hmm. has has worked in Chicago, and and this is how I would implement it in Miami. When I look at Darren Rizzi, and here's here's the case for Rizzi, aside from players, whether it be former or current players in the Dolphins organization, saying all these things about him and vouching for him and, and, and saying all these things for him, here is, though, why I think Rizzi's an interesting candidate. Number one is the comfort level with Chris Greer. You have to assume that if he's even considered and the, the respect there, Greer has a relationship with Rizzi where he respects him. And one thing I do know about Adam Gase and the time his Dolphins coach, how often did you hear Gase said, hey, I went over and talked to Rizzi. I mm-hmm. had to go ask Rizzi. And this isn't about special teams conversations. Just in general, a lot of times, Adam Gase would lean on Darren Rizzi mm-hmm. as kind of that other head coach, other mind for head coaching type decisions, not for, hey, should we punt here or special teams things? I mean, just general head coaching decisions. He obviously had a faith and saw something in Rizzi as well, Adam Gase did. That's really interesting you bring that up. And, and then going back to the whole ego thing, Rizzi is somebody who, man, that guy is ego-free. And and I think that's why he is he is so well-respected. And, and, you know, what we see all the time with Darren, all the time with Darren Rizzi is the funny faces that he makes on mm-hmm. the sidelines after the play. There was a great play in the Packers game. You had this this shot of him on the sideline where he was he was screaming after a play, and I, I feel like it was a it was a special teams penalty. Of course, they slow mo the the yelling and the screaming. What they showed only very briefly, and what you didn't see later on the the highlight shows, was him going over the play with Leonte Carew and and showing him whatever. And I don't know if it was his fault. Whatever happened on the play, we'll never know. Mm-hmm. But it was a. It was a teaching moment, and it was something where he took time to individually speak with him. And what I found very interesting is Michael Thomas, uh, special teams ace for years yeah. with the Dolphins, now with the Giants. Had a great season with the Giants, yeah. He special was one teams. of the first ones to go on social media and advocate for him. <clears throat> and Michael Thomas is a, a, a brilliant guy and somebody who's very well respected, and you trust him. Then the guys who followed suit, it wasn't just special teams guys. That That's what I found most interesting, yeah, a Will. A lot of offensive was, guys, a lot of... Kiko yeah. Alonso, Xavier Howard, uh, Kenyon Drake, and I and mean, look, uh, Damian Williams, Damian Williams, uh, guys that left yeah. and right that you were like, wait, what? How would they? You know, and again, they they've come, they've been in the room with them. They they were played special teams 
when they were here in Miami or they've been in that room and they understand the kind of person he is. Here is, though, and I don't mean this as a bank, backhanded compliment, even though if Dookie was here, he'd say the fact that I said that I don't <laughs> no mean this as a backhanded yeah, compliment. It obviously means it's a backhanded compliment. I think Rizzi would fit okay because if you are really going to start from scratch, why not have a guy who's familiar with the, with the organization, players like, mm-hmm. give him that shot, in, in what should likely be a year or two of not a good football team. And mm-hmm. when I say that, I don't mean 7, 9, 8 in mediocrity. I'm talking about the 3-13, and 4-12 type teams that I think we think the Dolphins may become over the next couple of years in order to rebuild, find that quarterback, get those big draft picks, and make those plays. That, to me, is the kind of guy that you can then give a shot. Because then if he doesn't work out and yep. you're building and you like what you're seeing, but you're seeing that maybe as a head coach he's not the answer – then other attractive candidates will be out there that will then say, hell, I want to be the head coach on this team with, with Tua or with Herbert or with whoever the Dolphins' future quarterback that they get may end up being and say, that I want to jump in. And then you can maybe get a Harbaugh or someone else, or whoever the big coaching candidate maybe has some experience, to then latch on and lead your team once you build that team. Or, hell, Darren Reese is impressive as hell and he's a great head coach. He looks like the kind of guy who, who gets it and can figure it out and you let it ride. I don't think that the next head coach of the Dolphins has to be the end-all. When you're in a rebuild, I don't think it has to be the end-all. This doesn't need to be Bill Belichick for the next 15 years, as great as that would be. If it's a bridge guy to when your team is good and then you bring in someone else, I'm okay with that. It's it's such a great point. It's a win-win. Look right now, what is viewed as the most attractive job in the NFL? There are two of them, but I, I would say that one I'd lean towards a little more. It's Cleveland. And it's because of Baker Mayfield. And and uh, for a win-now job, everybody's fawning over Green Bay, and, and understandably so because of Aaron Rodgers. But I think people look at that Cleveland roster, and, man, it's like not just Baker Mayfield, and the number one reason, clearly, but because they've they've gone through this rebuild and they've gone through this period of pain, and, and it feels like it's been 30 years because it has, but especially recently stockpiling draft picks and making the right choices and, and adding talent to that roster – that could be the situation that the Dolphins are in in two years. And, and again, you you don't want to hire a coach with the expectation that you're going to be firing him mm-hmm. in two years, and, and I don't think that would be fair necessarily no, to No, but I Rizzi. think you do know that, hey, this is Rizzi's open window. Like, hey, Darren, go yes. out there and show us what you could do. We we looked around, and in the end, in the building, we, just like Chris Greer, and our t- we, ha- we found that we had a guy who was well-respected. Yeah who got our organization, what we're trying to do from a culture perspective, go out and show us what you can do. And if he does, and if Chris Greer drafts well, and if you get something going, hey, it's yours. If in a couple of years you have a talented roster but your coach is clearly an issue, then you go out and you find yourself a damn good head coach who can then, who would, again, if you're a Jim or John Harbaugh or any, throw out any candidate, any any quality coach that's a proven coach, you look at a roster with a good, like you said, Baker Mayfield. Yeah. You look at, even though they're a non-playoff team that went 7-8-1 and one or whatever they went this year, there are a few people there that would want a better job than Cleveland right now and being able to coach Baker Mayfield for the next decade. And if you're looking at next year, we, we mentioned all those quarterbacks in the draft, and th- this is going to be the situation every year. No matter what, you're going to have competition for whoever you're looking for, it is not always going to be a slam dunk that, hey, you're just going to get your your first pick. They got it a few years ago. They got quote-unquote lucky with Adam Gase at the time because they jumped quickly. But you're going to have to be competing. So let's say you hire Darren Rizzi, whoever it may be. Two years from now, you're going to be sitting there likely 
given what we heard from Stephen Ross the other day, likely you're going to be sitting there in two years and you can have an evaluation not just of those two years, but of the second half of year two, the second half of 2020 with your rookie quarterback, whoever it may be, Tua, Justin Herbert, whoever it may be, and you can think, okay, are we making strides here to where it's worth giving whoever we hired back in January of 2019 an extra year to see if they're the right guy for this job? And if not, man, you're going to be a, a very attractive candidate for another head coaching job. There's no doubt about that. Our sponsor today, meanwhile, always attractive, Vera Motors. When you spend your hard-earned money on a car, go to a place with a reputation. I promise you there's no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors. Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC, Pembroke Pines. The Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years for the best deal in South Florida, the best service. Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC. Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC, 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium. Pembroke Pines. As we wrap up this pod, uh, and again, we could sit here and name 20 candidates. I don't think that's interesting. I think I, I think it's clear some of the guys we've identified, guys that the Dolphins are looking at. There may be a name we haven't mentioned that could be a wild card, even though at this point, Clay, I really think given how diverse this list is and how many guys you have, I think it'll be someone on this list and, and this group of people that we just mentioned. I think to the Dolphins fan, I think everything Stephen Ross sort of said, and and you mentioned you being there and the whole kind of rebuild, admitting that that's the path, sounds great. I think all the words are great, but I think Dolphin fans in general are still skeptical. Give me one good reason why we should believe the Dolphins won't screw this up. <laughs> well, I can't point to history, certainly yeah. not recent history. Um, look, I, I because I really felt sitting there like Stephen Ross finally feels the same way that Dolphins fans have for years. And and not I, I feel like Stephen Ross has always been tired of of losing, but I felt like for the first time Stephen Ross is not expecting to make the playoffs in twenty nineteen. And and I feel like every single year Stephen Ross makes these moves with, yes, we want to win a Super Bowl, but I want to get to the playoffs now. I think for the first time I sat there and I felt like, okay, He's willing to take a, a step back, potentially a big step back, because he is sick and tired of seeing mediocrity, especially at the quarterback position. And he knows you got to you got to go through some short term pain if you're going to get that quarterback. Yeah, that's and all I, I got though. That's that, that's all. That, that's just a vibe I got, and, no, and hopefully it turns out to be I, true. I will say this: we have been saying it, and I, I don't want to act like I'm I'm Adam Gase and think I'm the smartest man in the room or in this conversation of people listening to this pod. I'm not. Because I think a lot of people listening to this pod, and I think you and I have had this discussion, and Dukey was here, he and I have had this discussion, we've all had the discussion, that this is what the Dolphins should have done a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Change the narrative of the way you're trying to be. understand that you're not close to a championship. Yes. Stop trying to fool us that patching together 30-year-old free agents and, and letting other guys walk and, and cleaning out the culture. You know what I mean? Give me a break. Getting rid of Jarvis Landry, Jay Ajayi, and Dominican Sue, that's not going to make you better. I don't care if you're a jerk. I need good football players. But it's too late. Adam Gase and this organization, they've moved on. Uh, Mike Tannenbaum, that's enough. Now start identifying the players you like talent-wise. Yeah, you want guys that are good in the locker room, but give me talented guys. Make a head, Get a head coach who can bring all those personalities. People always get – this is one thing about the Adam Gase thing. People are, oh, he, he didn't get along with so-and-so and so-and-so. You got 53 grown men in the locker room. We, we, work, we work in a newsroom. People listening work in offices and schools and all these other businesses. You're not going to get 50, 100 people to always agree with each other or like each other. You just have to be able to work together. Give me a head coach who can work with these guys, make it all work together, and go out – 
and build a team. The Dolphins just haven't done that. They tried to patch things together. It didn't work. Now this head coaching search, I have a feeling, Clay, that we're going to be having a pod next weekend, and we're still going to be discussing the Dolphins' head coaching search. I don't think it ends this week. Agree with you, and and part of that is because a lot of these candidates kind of jumbled for for when you could talk. But I also think, man, you you have to make sure that you're aligned. Don't screw this up. And, and don't I screw think this that, up. Yeah, and I and message I, to Stephen Ross. Yeah, don't screw it up. Hundred percent. Get it right. Get the rebuild right. I think you're off to a decent start. Get it right. Hire the right person. We're going to, of course, uh, be on top of it. If the Dolphins do happen to hire someone this week, of course, we'll do a pod about it. But in the meanwhile, the search continues. That is your Miami Sports Pod. The Miami Dolphins offseason off and running in the search for a head coach.